So let's welcome these three. And uh, I've, told them, I've told them to go for it, share their heart. I've just told them at 5 to 12 that I'll be announcing loudly it's 5 to 12. And uh, wherever we're at, they, they get to finish at 12. <laughs> Morning. <laughs> this is really exciting. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I think Sue's going to kick us off, and Kay and I are going to interrupt at appropriate moments, so you'll just have to bear with us while we're passing the mic round and getting ourselves all ready. Okay. Right, this is the moment. We're so pleased to be sharing with you this morning. It came at rather short notice, and we tried to get it together, and it all fell apart, but actually, God's in it. So when God's in it then he delivers it. It's not down to me or Abby or Kay. It's about all of us just sharing together. And right at the beginning, I just wanted to say that it wasn't just us who went to Bulgaria. We went on a mission. But actually, we, the big part, we went on a mission. We went together. You were the backup team. You are the backup team. The messages that kept coming the encouragement that kept coming was because we are a team together. It wasn't just about one or two. It was about many. And even this morning, I had a message from Sue DDB in the hospital that said, thinking of you, praying for you. And I thought, yeah, good on you, Sue. She's there in the background praying. And we believe that's what you were doing. We thank you for that. Um, we're not quite sure how this is going to quite come together. It is under the direction of the Holy Spirit. So uh, it's like, Lord, just rescue us here. Help us to put across what we want the folk to hear because we really want to encourage you in your mission, whatever your mission might be. So what do we have right here? Oh, well, we, obviously there were loads of photographs. Abby was our main photographer I think she took near on 400 photographs, but we're not going to show you them all this morning. So we have reduced them. (laughs) Obviously, we have reduced them. But just some ones to to set us off. You see us there um, in the airport. Now, I wanted to pray, but Kay said we should learn to play skip bow. Now, I don't know whether you know what that is. It's a card game. And she said, it's a good thing to learn. We need to relax together and get to know each other. So that's what Skipbo does. But I assure you, I assure you that prayer works as well. Prayer works. It really works to gel people together. And there were times where we really needed that, to be gelled together in the situations that we were facing. I want to read something to you straight away. Um, I think John's got that ready. John's got that ready for us. Um, you will be familiar with this reading. It's from um, thank you. It's from Luke 15, um, and there was a particular reason that I wanted to share it with you. And I guess that will come uh, throughout this time. What man of you, who has a, if he has a hundred sheep and should lose one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness? And go after the one that is lost until he finds it. That's our God. He goes out to seek and to save those who are lost. And when he's found it, he lays it on his own shoulders rejoicing. And when he gets home, he summons together his friends 
and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found my sheep that was lost. And then it goes on to say that there was joy in heaven. There was joy in heaven, I believe, as we went out, as we went out in the name of Jesus to talk to people. And Abby gave me a piece of paper this morning that she'd kept a note of all the people, the numbers of people. Now, it wasn't about numbers, but just for information for people back home. We believe we touched the lives of over 800 people. Now, we didn't preach to 800 people, but in small groups, and one and two, and one and two, we spoke to people. Wherever we were, we were talking with people, sharing with them. So God is interested in the one, and the one, and the one. And today, he's interested in you, and you, and you. He's interested in every one of us, and he will seek us till he finds us. But then we have a part to play in going out to share with other people with the one, and with the one, and with the one, wherever that is, wherever that mission might be. So I just want to give you just a a tiny little bit of background of how all this um, came about for us. Um, Oh, let me say this bit first, because Mark's already mentioned Regions Beyond. We were actually the original Regions Beyond team. (laughs) You have to remember that. Anne's not here, and she was very much part of the team. But we went to Regions Beyond. We didn't go to Burundi, but we went to Regions Beyond. We certainly did. We, went to, we must have gone to the highest mountains, uh, the Pirin Mountains, at times, and we were speaking with people there. How great is our God that he takes us sometimes a step further than we want to go. It was very, very hot. It was about 35 degrees, and we'd had a long journey, and it was a track. It wasn't a road, it was a track. But when we got there, we had the opportunity to share with people. And how good is our God to take us that far, even outside of our comfort zone? I think, is that, would you agree with that? Yeah, I think you would. Um, let me just tell you that It was quite a while ago, quite a long time ago, that I first had the opportunity to go to Bulgaria. Um, It came in a time in my life where I'd had quite a substantial amount of loss, and my life was falling apart, and I was really struggling. And I went to a service, and I heard um, an invitation given for anyone to join a team going to Bulgaria. Now... I'm not sure quite how I felt at the time, but I had this sort of question. Maybe, maybe I could do that. Just maybe I could. You know, in what I was feeling and in devastation of the time I was going through, I was thinking, could I do that? Is that something I could do? And I responded, and I had the opportunity to go. Now, that was in 2001, And I never dreamt that 17 years later I'd still be going, that God would open up a way to lots of contacts and lots of people and allow us um, to grow in lots of ways as we went out. So that's my sort of background. Um, And, of course, with Kay and Abby coming in right now um, and with what Mark was just reading about us being devoted to mission, for Kay and Abby it was a little bit of a different story. So I'm going to ask them in a moment just to 
um, share what their experience was as they stepped out for God in this way. Okay, I don't know. Who's going first? Oh, I am. All right, I'll go. I'll do it. That's fine. So I'll try and keep this short. When I first asked my manager for the time off to go to Bulgaria, he said no. He said I couldn't have the annual leave because too many people were already off on holiday. And that was quite tricky. So I got some of you ladies to pray um, because I really felt it was right for me to go to Bulgaria this year with Sue. Uh, And at this point, I didn't know Kay was coming either. I was just going out on a limb because I felt it was right. Um, So I asked again. I said, is there no way I can have the time off? Is there absolutely no way? And he went... I might just about manage the first week for you, but you can't have both. I was like, oh, I need both. Okay, fair enough. So I, I had a chat through with Joel, and I said, look, I'm not being funny, but what happens if I have to leave my job to go to Bulgaria because I think it really think it is that right that I do this? And he was like, all right then. So, <laughs> so um, in the midst of all this, I also went through... Um, some disciplinary action. I was actually uh, under investigation for gross misconduct at my work. So that was a load of fun to throw in the mix there. Um, So I have a record on my uh, thing at work for six months. And if I do it again, I get fired. So that's great. Um, (laughs) But um, but my manager, Sam, he he knows how hard I work and he knows it was accidental that I had to then go through this procedure. It's just the way our policies at work are. So he knows that I'm okay, really. Um, And so he was having a chat with me saying, look, this is what's going to happen. You're going to have a record on your thing for for six months and, and, you know, next half year you're not going to get your bonus even though you're still putting in all the effort and that. You know, I'm just giving the, the heads up. And I said, well, since we're having this conversation, I am going to Bulgaria, whether you like it or not. And if I have to leave, I will. <gasps> and he went, oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> what? <laughs> Are you serious? Does it mean that much to you? I went, yeah, it really does. I said, I can't explain it, but I feel like they're going to have a great impact on me over there. And I'm going to have some kind of impact on them. I, I need to go. And he went okay, let me see what I can do for you. Don't do anything yet. I was like, oh, okay. Um, And he came back to me a couple of weeks later and said, okay, don't tell anyone. Keep it on the down low, but I've sorted it out. You can go to Bulgaria. We'll be really, really short, but it's okay. And actually, the company do a match time scheme, so you only need to use one week of annual leave, and the company will give you the other week. How does that sound? (laughs) Oh, that sounds amazing. Great. And so, thus, I've ended up going to Bulgaria. I still have a week's holiday left to take at some point if I want to, or I can carry it on to next year. And all I have to do is write down a little diary of what we did in Bulgaria for the week that work have given me to prove that I was doing community work and not just having a jolly. Um, yeah. And I still have a job. <laughs> Which is amazing, because it was, yeah, it would have been quite risky, really, to go to Bulgaria and then come back and try and find another job. And... Yeah, so God is really good because it was because you guys all were praying for me through that time that it would work out if it was the right thing and I still have my job now and yeah, so there you go. That's me. Hang on. Now, I don't know whether you got all that, but I think that was stepping out of the boat. If you're prepared to put your, your job on the line, 
When, when Abby said to me, I've said to them, actually, I, I'm going to go anyway. And so therefore, I may come back and not have a job. And I thought, oh, my word. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, but, but God was in it. And God overruled and brought Abby to that decision. Now, I do call that stepping out of the boat. And I think in a different way, that's what Kay did as well. So she's going to share that with you. Thank you. Yeah, my story isn't as exciting, yes, I have is. to say. <laughs> I, I didn't know Abby was coming either, so we didn't know each other had approached Sue. But um, I've been approaching a Sue, and Sue's been approaching me for a couple of years, to be fair. She hasn't been nagging, but she's been approaching. <laughs> and every time I've gone, really sorry, I don't have money. I don't have that extra money. When, you, when you're on your own, you don't have spare income. I said, I really don't have money. So again, prayed about it, kept praying about it. It was a couple of years. And um, God provided the money. I just knew it was so right to go. And the money came in specifically for me to go. And... You know, even now I'm quite gobsmacked by that, if that's a word. <laughs> but I totally gobsmacked that God wanted me to go to Bulgaria. Uh, to be fair, I didn't know if I wanted to go. You know, it's, when you're awake for 48 hours because you've worked all day, you've then travelled up to the airport, and somebody that you travel with sleeps anywhere. <laughs> Absolutely anywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. <laughs> Seriously. So not a lot of company. You know, <laughs> however, she makes up for it at other times when she chats a lot. <laughs> and you know, when you're sitting there, and I remember sitting in the airport and going, what on earth am I doing? Why am I here? I'm exhausted. I'm grumpy. We hadn't really, well, we had breakfast at five o'clock in the morning. It, nothing else was open. You know, it was packed in the airport at one point. What on earth am I doing here, Lord? What am I doing here? I'm taking that all back now because now I've come back after the two weeks. Oh, I know what I was doing there. <laughs> it was absolutely amazing. And I can talk a lot, so I might shut up for a while. But I'll hand you back to her. Okay, so, yeah, I think Kay stepped out of the boat as well. She was willing to go when God was saying, talking to her and saying about going or doing, she was, she was willing to do that. And, and I think that's to be commended. And I'd just like to say to Joyce and Joe, you've got an amazing daughter. You, you know that anyway. But she came into her own on a, on a number of occasions. And we really see God use her in an amazing way so you've done well she's she's good she's great and we've we've shared um a lot together but my story um like about four years ago was when I made a decision to go to Bulgaria on my own um I I had felt I should go but no one else was available to go and so I booked my flight and you may have heard me say before that my daughter said to me Mum, that's so irresponsible. Um, but actually, I went. And, um, and, but prior to my going, I met Anne. Some of you have met Anne. Um, Anne had previously um, really heard from God about going to Bulgaria. Now, I didn't know her. I'd never met her. But I met her in a meeting, and she told me what had happened to her about God speaking to her. 
And I tell you, within, I think, about 48 hours, she'd booked her flight and she came with me. And she was very much part of the team. Unfortunately, she can't um, be with us today, but I know that she's right behind what is happening. And she booked her um, flight, and in that sense, she, she stepped out of the boat. So I just want to thank God that, that we made a response. And I want to say to you, Whatever your mission is, whatever God is saying to you, are you prepared to step out of the boat, whatever it might be? Because when you do that, you step out not knowing what to expect. All you need to know is that God's in it. I think a motto that sort of came about during the time we were there was expect the unexpected because we didn't know what was going to happen. And things changed all the time. I'll just give you a couple of examples just to start you off. Um, We were meant to be met at the airport um, by a guy called Angel. It's a good name. Um, But actually, he wasn't there. And we were met by someone called Lazar, which is another name, which is short for Lazarus. Now, I think there's a sermon in there somewhere. (laughs) Um, But Angel didn't meet us, but Lazarus did. And we, we started off our journey. And I think we've got s- some pictures coming up. Is it there? Is it on the way? The next one, I think. Yeah. No, no, the previous one, this one. This is our cars. We're leaving the airport. Now, it was jam-packed. We had n- numerous um, suitcases, our own and, and an extra one that we took, how that car got from A to B, um, I don't know, but it did. And we got um, safely to Sandanski about a couple of hours later. Now, I'm not going to go through every day in what we did because there's far too much. But we're just going to give you little snippets and, and summary. Um, we got to the um, church in Sandanski. We were going to be staying in the church So that's what we expected. But when we got there, we were told we were staying in the hospital, which is adjacent to the church. So we're no longer staying in the church accommodation, but we were staying on, well, I thought it was the third floor. Abby said it was the second, but actually there were a lot of stairs. I mean, you've got heavy suitcases to get to the whatever floor it was. It, it was heavy, but it was a start. And um, here we were, we're going to settle into this accommodation. And later that evening, well, not much later, we were told that we were going to be off to do a service. So we traveled. Kay said how tired she was. We had traveled. And then we got to Sandansky, and we more or less put our cases where they were meant to be, had a meal, and then we were off to do our first service. And we were tired. Uh, that isn't an exaggeration. We really were tired. And then we went, um, and then, uh, yeah, where do I go from there? I've got so many things. I'm going to have to pick and choose what we, what we share with you. Um, but we did have a, a lovely time at that um, first service with, the, with those people there. So welcoming. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the hospitality and the things that affected us, you know, so, I was at the Joneses' house the other day, and Hannah said to me, what was the most challenging thing for you, and what was the most encouraging thing for you from Bulgaria? And I went, okay. 
So I'll come back to the challenging bit later. But the encouragement was they are, the people we met, are the most humble people I have ever seen in my life. They could not do more for us. So uh, one of the guys, Demcho, literally came to pick us up for the service, took us to his church for the service, took us back to the hospital. The next day, we were going out with him again. So he came to the church to pick us up, to take us out. And literally, he ferried us around all over the place. And any time we needed a lift, it was like, oh, I'll get Demcho. And he was there. He could not do, be more available for us. Uh, he literally did just ferry us around wherever we wanted to go. Um, just because he wanted to serve us, even though we were there to serve them. It, yeah, the humility was amazing. And their generosity, they were so grateful that someone even bothered to think of them, that every time we went somewhere to do a church service or to do an activity or anything like that, they gave us a gift for being there. And you just go, that's amazing. Like We were there because we felt God said to be there, but they were like, well, you're such a blessing here. We want you to have this. Um, we got quite a variety of things, didn't we? We got a massive bag of grapes one night. It was literally, the handles broke. <laughs> it was that heavy. Um, because that's what they have. They, they, a lot of the people we met, by our standards, and this was the challenge for me, really don't have a lot. It makes me really grateful because I am so well off. I really am. By this country's standards, I'm not. But by the people we... If you look in comparison with some of the people we were spending time with, they are so loving and so generous, despite the fact that they have to go hunting through skips to pick find bits of metal to sell just to feed their families. But they would still give us a gift because we bothered to turn up and show that we cared. Um, yeah, we have it so good. <laughs> we really do. And also... Um, I didn't realise that I was going to become a visiting preacher for about 25 churches. So talk about out of your comfort zone. (laughs) That was me totally out of my comfort zone. And one of the things, part of the tradition is, especially in the gypsy villages, is that you go into the church and you talk. Now we're talking about a room, we're not talking about a church, we're not talking about this. We're talking about a small living room that they've turned into a church in their homes which is amazing in itself. So they give that space to God for everyone in their community. But the tradition is is they feed you afterwards. And they feed you. You have two loaves of bread on the table. You have a numerous amount of food on your plate and around. Now, you know those people can't afford to buy a lot. But when you're a visiting preacher as such, they give it all to you. So we were very, very sort of aware that we had to not eat everything because we knew they were, not that you could, seriously, you could not. You know, I'm a big girl. I don't eat as much as people think, but whoa, (laughs) seriously. It was huge amounts and literally would go from one church to another and there would be another meal. And I remember us sitting at one particular table that, you know, we'd done three churches in a row, I think it was, and we'd been fed, sat at this final church and then went upstairs to this big table full of food. And I remember going, oh, Lord, help me now. Please, Lord. I physically cannot put another mouthful of food in my mouth. But you do because you have to respect that they've done that and given everything to you. 
So we were very mindful of leaving food and not touching that food so that we didn't take bites of it or cut bits off. We left it whole so they could have it. And they never ate with us because it wasn't part of the practice that actually it was for us to talk among ourselves to see how we felt that service went. And then they would join us afterwards. Seriously humbling. You know, I think we've got it great at the Apex. We are very good at hosting and being there. But actually, wow, that was amazing. (laughs) Definitely. I think at this point I should say that when Kay and I said, oh, not another meal, I can't eat another thing, Abby said... I get really excited about food. (laughs) But the question is, where does she put it? I have no idea where she puts what she consumes. um, It's an experience. You have to be there to see it. But she made it fun. And I I didn't tell you this, but I do have to tell you this. that um, When I spoke to Joel before we went away, I said to him, Joel... I haven't really spoken to you a lot about Abby coming to Bulgaria, but I really want to say thank you. Thank you for allowing her to come. I think that is really great. She's going to be away a fortnight. Thanks, Joel, for letting her come. And he said to me, thanks, Sue, for taking her. (laughs) Well, what what, what can I say? What what can I add to that? I mean, we, we have experienced at first hand Abby. And, um, and, and where she puts her food, I do not know. But you can tell we laughed a lot. We did. We laughed a lot. But we also cried. We really did. With things that we saw and people that we met and the God appointments that we had. God just reached in and touched us just where we were. And really that was where you guys came in with backing us up with prayer all the time. Because those texts that we received and the photographs that some of you received meant that um, we could carry on. And we could encourage others to carry on. When we went to the um, church at the... uh, they were both speaking about to Demcho's church um, the following day we went to the feeding program and we bought things to take with us we bought food we, we took bananas and biscuits and things and things that those children um, could enjoy it, it was lovely to be able to do that but when we spoke to Demcho and his wife Margaret afterwards she said every Saturday I think I don't know if I can do this another Saturday I don't know if I can do that one more Saturday. But actually, we were able to leave them a gift that would feed those children until Christmas. Those were the gifts that you helped provide. When you came to the coffee morning, when you went to the quiz night, when you got people to come along, when you gave stuff to the car boot sale, the monies that we took, and Abby's given me a copy because she was... She was very good at keeping notes and keeping all things together. We have a record of all the things where we bought money and a record of all the places where we gave money. So every contribution that you made, big or small, went to places where it was needful. So we were able to help Margaret and Demcho um, on that occasion. We were able to pray with them on your behalf, you know, to, to just touch them with the word of God and to encourage them in the work that they're doing. They're right in the middle of, of a gypsy village. They're, um, they struggle at times, but they are trying to build a church there. And I believe I'm 
I believe I'm almost right in this. I'm not quite sure of how long, but I think they've been building that church for about 15 years. They haven't finished it. They're still building it. They're building accommodation into the church so that it can be a place where people can stay as well. And they need help. They need practical help. Maybe there are some young guys here who think, hmm, maybe that is something I could do, that I could go out, that I could help. We don't know what our mission is going to be or what our mission field is going to be. But all we know is that when God speaks to us, we, we need to respond and we need to be obedient to what he's asking us to do. So from my maybe I could do this, maybe you think, well, maybe I could do that. Seems impossible right now, but maybe God can put it on your heart, what he is calling you to do. So that was a great time that we spent with them. And then the, I think it was the following day, we went to another um, gypsy church in that, in that same village. And then on the, so that was the Saturday. She's like a record keeper. Um, she knows, she's got it all, she's got it all up there. And, and she's my memory in that sense. Um, yeah, all you need to know is that we went to lots of churches and we delivered lots of things. We, get, we, t- we took gifts and gave gifts of money where it was appropriate. So that was like the f- part of the first week. And then we worked with Light for Bulgaria for a couple of, um, a couple of days, going out to villages with them. Um, just let me tell you just uh, very, very, very quickly. Um, we spoke with uh, Yavor in the clinic in Sandansky. We uh, were able to give him some medical supplies and some practical gifts. And uh, there were one or two other people that we visited at that time that we had opportunity to share with. And that, that, was, um, that was just amazing to be able to do that. Um, so we went to, as I say, it was about individuals. And there was an occasion when we went to, and I can never say this properly, this place called Blagravad, something like that. Somebody will help me. Black Ravad. Thank you. We, we have our personal interpreter here this morning. I never can say it. It's the Bulgarian way. But we went there. It was a long journey on that occasion because we'd been somewhere else before. And we went there and we were meant to be going to an orphanage. But it didn't happen. For various reasons, it couldn't happen. But they took us to an old people's home. And we were very tired. It had been a long journey and it was very hot. And when we were there, I noticed a lady. And I looked at her and I thought, I think I know you. And I went to speak to her. And she was a lady from one of the villages that we'd met over a number of years. And she was now in this care home. And we spoke with her. Her name was Christina. And she was, she was overwhelmed. She was like, wow, you're here. This is, you know, obviously I couldn't understand unless somebody was there interpreting for me. But... But it was amazing. Another God appointment. And we had quite a lot of those. So I don't want to take all the time, but I just want you to share about what impacted you when you were there. Some of the God appointments. Okay. There were loads of God appointments, and some were very small. Um, For me, it was the children's homes, the orphanages we went to. And there are pictures that have come up and will keep coming up, I think. But we went to our first one in Volcaro, and um, it's a government-built building. And the leader there, Luca, 
She actually, the director, she is absolutely amazing. She loves those children. There they are. And that, the little boy, the older man, I shouldn't say boy, the, the thing that struck me, there's no children in that children's home. They're all 20 plus, but it's an orphanage. So a lot of them are institutionalised by, you know, past events, which is extremely sad. However, they are totally loved now. And the director is a Christian, and we were able to pray not only with her, but with the children. They, I shouldn't call them children, but with the young people. And the young man that we saw previously in the cot, he struck me. He's been stuck in that, that cot. He has bed sores. He cannot move, he cannot walk, and he can't communicate. And his name means light, so they call him their little light. And they love and adore him, but he can't go anywhere, he can't move. So one of the challenges was we need to find something for him to be able to get around and about. So, you know, I'm in communication with her, and I want to find some way or something to get him some form of chair that he doesn't have to sit in a position that will rub his bed sores, but actually he can get out and about and around the home. The other children, um, Lily in the floral top, she is blind and unable to communicate and was unable to walk. (laughs) They have taught her how to walk with help. And the young man in the red T-shirt, this side, he actually, I cannot remember his name on the top of the head, he can walk with aid, but he needed a walker. So the hospital that we were staying at had a roof full of walkers. It was amazing. That was so God-given. We looked out of our window and went, what are all those walkers doing on there? Look at that. And then met him and went, and she was saying, Luca was saying to us, we want these walkers. We want a walker for him or at least a couple. So there's us going back to the doctor and back to Angel and Mitko going, okay, you know those walkers on your roof? (laughs) Can you take them there, please? So... That, that young man is now going to be aided to be able to walk on his own without somebody holding him. Now, going back to Lily, she is obviously blind, and she gets very impatient and very frustrated and, and sort of acts out because of that, because she can't see and she can't communicate. That's part of the frustration. But interestingly enough, you know when you go on holiday, you unpack your hand... Well, sorry, men. But you unpack your handbag to repack it, okay? So I unpacked, took out the things I didn't need... I don't know why, and I still don't know why, but, well, I do know why now, but um, I had what's called a fidget cube. Anybody heard of a fidget cube? I have many, because I get very bored and frustrated, and I like to fiddle. (laughs) And I had two of these fidget cubes. And while we were talking about and to Lily, I suddenly thought, have I got those fidget cubes in in my bag? And I did, and I don't know why I did. Well, I do, but I didn't at the time. You're like, why have I bought those all the way to Bulgaria with me? So I take these fidget cubes out and go, what about this? (laughs) So not only did Ludka want one, because she loved it, but also she felt it was the right thing. So me and Lily were playing with this fidget cube. Now, that was God. Why did I have those in my bag? God made sure that they were still in my bag so I could give them away. And it was tiny things like that that actually really you know, had the biggest impact. My heart is with kids. Most of you know me that, you know, that's where I come from. That's my background. So going to those so-called children's homes, those orphanages, that there are older people, and there's old people because they're not in an old people's home. They're in these orphanages. And that was very, yeah, it was there all the time. And that was a thing that really struck me. The second home we went to, we took the church's parachutes for the kids. You know, we've got those colourful two parachutes. So those parachutes are now being used. 
in that second children's home. And they're by adults. They were day residents. They came and went home at the end of the day. But some of those are older people. Yeah, so there's us instructing them how to use it. Absolutely loved it. The glee on their faces was amazing, wasn't it? It was just so amazing to see it happen. And when, this was a different director, but when I gave her the, when she was handing the parachute back, and I'm going, no, 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 it's for you, she almost hugged this parachute and went, oh, I can't believe it, you know, that you've given us that. So thank you. Again, that's the whole church. You've given that parachute to that lovely family there. I think I ought to shut up now because I talk a lot too. <laughs> but that's what struck me. The one thing I did want to say, I don't, I don't know why God wanted me to go at the start. And I still don't know what he, he has as a planned journey for me from this point onwards. I do know there's things in my heart that I need to make sure it's God telling me. Because I think I could quite happily live out there and go and volunteer and help and but I need to know that's God I'm not saying I'm going okay just so that <laughs> but I know that God has something on my heart whether that's there or not and for me that is the biggest thing ever it's huge for me but what I would be saying to you I'm just one tiny not tiny but individual person God does that for each one of us he has a place for every single one of you not just me, or not just Sue, or not just Abby, or Anne, but actually for individually for each one of us. Now, I've heard people say this at the front of the church before, and you go, yeah, 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 whatever, but not me. But actually, yes, you. And I believe it's time to step out. And it doesn't mean you have to go to Bulgaria. It doesn't mean you have to go to another country. It just means you have to step out in faith. And that's the only reason I went to Bulgaria is because I took that one giant step, but a small step, to Bulgaria and stayed up for 50, 100 hours, first of all, and had to eat 100 bits of food. But God did that. I didn't do that. that none of those things, none of the fidget cubes or the parachute or meeting the family that had lost their husband, none of that was me. That was totally God-given. And I would say to each one of you individually, Look to God, because he will show you 100% where he wants you to go, and I will shut up. Yeah, we're very aware that there's a big clock up there ticking, and we're going to be true to what we said we would be. Um, but can I ask you both a question? Would you say that getting out of the boat, the risk of getting out of the boat was worth it. Yeah. Did you hear that? 100%. I'd get out again now. Absolutely. They would do it. But will you do it? What, what will you do? What is your boat? Where have you got to get out of? Where, where is your comfort zone? What is God saying to you? I know there's a lot of questions there. But when you see God work in a miraculous way, when you speak to people in a place where you shouldn't be, you didn't intend to be there, but then you meet someone and you're like, wow, we had a debrief when we got back every night. And the reason we did that is because we didn't know what tomorrow was going to hold and we just knew that it was going to hold a whole lot more. So when we got back, 
tired that we were, we would sit down and we'd say, what did you think about that? How did you feel about that? What can we do there? This money that we've got, how are we going to decide where it's going to go to? Who is it that needs it? And so together, we made those decisions. It was worth taking the risk and getting out of the boat. And just to finish, because there would be loads more, and if we had another slot, we could fill it. It wouldn't be difficult. But we won't do that. We, we are going to stick to our word. But I just want to um, just say one thing in finishing, again, about the individual. There is about the one person that we didn't know we were going to meet who really needed us, the one person whose husband had just died, the one person who had... Um, just been through a separation from her husband and was really in a dreadful place. So many of those situations, day in, day out, that we were there and we were able to sometimes speak from our own experience, but sometimes just to say, God, you need, we need you. Help us here. And God did that. It was great. And I just want to tell you just um, one story, um, just to finish. And um, a few years ago... Um, we met a young lady, her name was Sanka. She was 15. She spoke brilliant English. She learned it from the radio. She was brilliant. She was our interpreter um, for quite a lot of the time. And she was on fire for God. When we met her the second time, she'd lost her passion. And she had moved away from the things of God. And she, she was really struggling with life itself. Um, and we were really concerned, but we kept in contact with her, and we hoped that we would hear good things, but we didn't. When we were in the on the very last day, we were sat in um, having a having a coffee in a, a um, like a, a club place that had an outside cafe to it, and we were sat there, and. Um, this, we'd made contact with her, and we thought we didn't know whether she would turn up. And she turned up, and she said, do you remember that picture you gave me? I was like, no, I can't say I do. And she said, well, do you remember that time we were praying together? And she said, the Holy Spirit came down, and you gave me a picture about a signet ring. And as soon as she said it, it came back. And I said, yes, I do remember that now. God gave you that signet ring because you're his. You're his. He's given that. It's got your initials on it. It is for you. And that is because God cares about you. And so we were able to talk with her. And I really believe she's moving back towards what God wants. And I just want to say, I think we would all say it. I'm sorry if I've dominated it a bit, but... um, Um, it's just been so amazing that God has cared for the individual yeah we touched the lives of about 800 people but intimately we touched the lives of quite a lot of individuals and I thank God for that I thank God for the things that we learned together we learned a lot about each other and laughed, cried and did all the rest of the things that you do when, you, when you're when you with somebody 24-7. But God was in it all. And we want to say thank you again for um, just for accompanying us, for being there with us, and for backing us with prayer all every, way, every which way.
So this is a gift from the ladies' meeting we went to one night in Raslog. This is the gift specifically for the pastor of our church. They said they came in with this. They came in with gifts for us. So he's got a great pair of knitted slippers ready for the winter. What you do with those, right? You don't wear them as slippers in the house. You wear them inside your Crocs when you go out. That's that seems to be the way. <laughs> I just I just think that I don't. If we have ears to hear. Right from the moment Sue started to speak, that sort of 45 minutes ago, there's all sorts of threads here this morning. I feel God's been speaking all sorts of different things. Yes, about Bulgaria, but just about his heart, but even about this willingness. Have you been hearing that? That willingness. Do you know it starts with your neighbor? If you don't even know the name of your neighbor, why would he send you to Bulgaria? Mission starts at home, <laughs> starts where we are right now. And I, I just think there's so many threads here this morning. Um, I just, two things I want to happen. One is, I think the other life groups, it would be great if you invited one of these guys or whatever to share in your life groups. Let them share, but let them pray for you. If you did nothing else, just get round and let them pray for you. And just pray the heart of God that God's done in you over, over the life group. Sue, I just feel this morning what you shared and how you shared, you just anchored it. I feel God wants to speak to you about being an anchor. But I just think you have, you have just really shared the heart of God. So I just want to say well done, really well done, well done. And uh, I just, let's give them another round of applause. Can we? Okay, yeah. Um, we're gonna, we'll get, use that video in a minute, the video of the ladies singing. Um, Margarita is here. She's from Bulgaria. And I said to Margarita, would you come and pray in Bulgarian? Because I, I love it when people pray in their own language. Can you stand? Let's stand together. Come, come here. And uh, I'm going to get her to pray. We don't need to know what she's saying. We'll feel the spirit of it and the heart of it. But let's say amen together, okay? Um, but uh, you go for it, Margarita. Господи, татко наше, благодарим Ти, че толкова много хора от нашата държава са били докоснати от Теб. Толкова много трудни години, толкова робство. България загуба толкова много децата си. Господи, благодарим Ти, че хора извън държавата имат любов за Теб и идват да изпълняват Твоя дъл, Господи. Благодаря, че за тези жени, които са били повикани от теб, са докоснали най-бедните хора в нашата държава. Тези, които не са обични от никой, отхвърлени от нас. Благодаря ти, Господи, че има деца в ДСЛА, толкова изоставени, толкова бедни, Господи, които ти се опитваш да ги избираш, Господи, и се опитваш да им покажеш истината. Благодаря ти за тази милост. Благодаря ти, Господи, че има за повече хора, които вярват. Молим и за моето, и за моето семейство, и за моите родни и неприятели, Господи. Благодаря ти, че в Сандански толкова, толкова голяма е силна църква и най-бедните са докоснати от нея. Молим и за моя град, за цялата държава. Благодаря ти за хората тук, че хора от различни краища на света са използвани. Виждаме това днеска. Как ти си прославен, Господи. 
Дай ни, дай, ни, дай ни думи и да но все повече хората обичат нашата държава, за да може да има надежда. За надежда в България и за повече вяра, Господи. Благодарим Ти, Татко наш. Благодарим Ти, че си не избрал. Амен. Lord, there are many nations. Lord, different ones of us will have different nations on our hearts. Lord, we, today we pray for Donna and Marunwa there in Burundi. Father, we recognize the, the danger of that situation. Lord, a very different African situation. Lord, there are other people that we know, Asian uh, intercontinental situations across Europe. Lord God, we think of... So many situations. Father, we, we thank you that your heart is for the nations. And Father, today we, we pray, Lord, help us as a little church on a little island in this place. But Lord God, you have placed a huge vision before us. And Father, we, we just commit today as a church again to say that, Lord, we believe you have put the nations in our heart. And Lord, we pray, would you show us our part, as, as, as Sue so, so clearly challenged us and spoke to us today. Lord, what is it you would have us do? Where is it you'd have us go? Father, as we think about our neighbours, as we think about our colleagues tomorrow, as we think about the school gate where we encounter, across the fence, in the driveway, down the street, Father, we pray, would you flood us with your love? Flood us with your grace, Lord, that we might be a people who are going, who are reaching, who are blessing. Father, we do pray for this nation of Bulgaria. We pray, Lord, pray for Sue. Lord, we pray, give us wisdom in terms of what the future holds. Father, we, we pray, Lord, would you keep leading us and keep guiding us in these things. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.